Buzz Buzz Babies, and welcome back to another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, I have got a great indie comics team. You guys may have heard of them. They are responsible for the creation of indie icons, God and Jesus Christ. Richard Pace and Mark Russell are in the house. How are you doing today, guys? Great. Doing good. Doing good. I like how the cat answered first. <laughs> yeah, you might you might see a cat periodically throughout this podcast. <laughs> the cat heard someone say God and went, oh, that's me. Yeah, like the, yeah. the natural feline God complex. Um, yeah. as, as I was saying, uh, this is crazy. Mark Russell's second time on the show. That's uh, I'll, I'm going to be live forever knowing i got to say that phrase in my life uh and and richard's uh, uh first time on the show richard been a big fan of your art for a long time um Thank you. now it's okay so i don't know like the all the ins and outs of the comic industry right but i'm pretty sure like when no you're an does. artist <laughs> no it's a mystery <laughs> uh but when, when you're an artist like when when you get to like the the cover artist like part of of like the rpg level up of your character that's usually like the the hot spot right like that's that's kind of where um I, I feel like that's like it's it sounds cool to say too you know like i'm richard pace the, the cover artist for literally everybody and um but you know it's, it's it's that seems to be most of the content you do here but but you're slumming it up with mark doing his interior work so like and and you, you guys Love keep it. working together so <laughs> i'm just jazz, i'm just jazzing you but what's um like what what's your like how you liking that like are does the does the monthly deadline i know you still have deadlines as a cover artist but it, it you know they're they're kind of different and feel different right well i gotta tell you mark writes some of the most intriguing scenes and sequences in comics right now um he, he captures the emotions in a way that very few writers seem to be even interested in doing um there was a sequence early on in this arc where i got really upset that i wasn't able to draw it <laughs> Um, uh, I was just jealous of Leonard and Andy uh, getting to do a sequence. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but it's it's for the benefit of the book. Uh, Leonard uh, Leonard is faster than I am. And I think he captures the, the contemporary Earth-based kinetics of the comic better than I could. I mean, there's part of the reason why I was like, I'm just going to do the old stuff and the stuff set <laughs> in heaven initially is because uh, Leonard just does the super heroics. Even though it's not really, is it really a superhero book? It's as much as a statement on a superhero book. It's yeah, Leonard's it's, better it's at at yeah. It's um what's a good analogy? Remember that uh, funny people movie that came out years ago with Adam Sandler playing a, a really successful comedian who was a miserable human being in real life? Yeah, well. Leonard, because he does superheroes so so well, when he's doing the the satirical aspect in in Second Coming, he's putting his skills to a, a much much better use. Okay. It's my mind. Um, and I think I think the only thing that and this this is going to sound arrogant. I, the only thing I think I have over Leonard is the ability to get Mark's timing across in the best possible way. Hmm. So sticking with the layouts, I think, is the best use of my abilities. Getting Leonard to, to do all the finishes, the best use of his abilities, and getting to do covers is pure ego on my part. <laughs> <laughs> so there there is like a, an ego element though, like when you because you do covers for everybody. I mean, it's when you when you look up your your body of work, it's like it's fucking relentless 
hopeless and disheartening for lazy people like me. I'm just like, fuck, I got to do better. And I don't even draw. Right. But I, I got to do something better. Like you just, you have, you have content out everywhere and it's all good, man. I love, like, I love your cover. I love your covers. And, um, you know, uh, you're kind of like your, your Hatchmark style, um, you know, line work. I, I dig it. And it's, uh, it's, it's been cool to see in this series, uh, with Mark. And I, and I like that you guys keep working together too. And like, like I said, we're coming up on volume three now. And I feel like, uh, I feel like there's, just, it's even that premiere is great. I, I got to read it early and, um, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so, it's so, it's good. It's like really, really, really fucking good. good. It's, Especially it's, like after, after the end of the second arc, right. When you made me yeah. cry. Um, cause I, that end of the second arc is it, like, you know, there's a lot of emotion and, and good and great lines in the series. Um, I, I, I think Mark excels in that kind of, in that kind of writing. Um, yeah. and, but that, that at the end when it's like, I don't know, that difference of like being small and feeling small, uh, that was like real fucking heavy and really intense. And, uh, yeah, it made me, it actually made me cry twice. Cause it made me cry the first time I read it, it just hit me real hard. And then prepping and when I reread the arc to, you know, reread volume th- or the premiere three, I was like, damn it, you did it again, guys. Um, but it's so at the end of the, the weight of the end of the second arc, uh, and then the kind of lightness, well, some of it's light, some of it's kind of fucked up. Um, but like it's the one liners and humor is really good in, in the premiere of three. And I'm really excited to see where this arc's going to go. Like this, this trial, right. Uh, the, the trial of Cranus and I'm just, it's going to be good. And I'm really excited for your guys' uh, legion of fans to get a hands on this premiere. Yeah. Thanks. No, I, I'm very proud of this third, uh, uh, series and I and I can't wait for people to to read it because I feel like the first series which I'm also very proud of and I totally stand by it but I feel like it, we had so much story to tell and so few issues that to me when I read it now it feels like a like a car chase it feels like you're going moving from one scene to the next and it's just such a plot boiler whereas the second and the third volumes are more about us being able to sort of take our time and unpack universe and spend more time with the connections and sort of the emotional connections between the characters and i feel like this is really where the story is coming to life and i feel like in a lot of ways the third series sort of encapsulates a lot of the themes that the rest of the series is 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 about you know the 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 theme of like fathers and sons and about like uh the the danger of someone having enormous power without really any knowledge or to go with it and and i think that 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 a lot of ways the third series is kind of what is kind of the thesis statement for the entire run okay now it's interesting that you're you're coming at that approach like like you're kind of saying like i'm a fan of all the previous issues but like volume three is like really hitting a stride it sounds like right and i feel like it's uh it's you know it's funny because when i was writing issue three i planned for a lot of different stuff to be happening uh like basically all the stuff that i had planned for the the series three i had to push back to series four because all the stuff about them having this baby that has superheroes is so fertile and it has so much commentary about what it means to be a child with superpowers. And it's something that both Sunstar and Jesus Christ can relate to. It's a journey they've both kind of gone through that it took up the whole series. And I don't regret that for a second, that (laughs) that this one detail that I thought was going to maybe take an issue took up the whole series because I think it, it makes it much more 
powerful to give it the right amount of uh, attention. Yeah, I was uh, I was very surprised at uh, Jesus Christ Babysitter, and I am so I'm I'm if that I want if that stays throughout, like I'm so like I'm sold too. Like, give me a little bit of the give me a little bit of the trial and, and a little bit of that, and I'm I'd be a happy reader. Um, because it, it, it issue two or an arc two ends with like you know the they're they're having to like can you imagine having to kick Jesus Christ out of your house like like, like hey it's you know it's it's a one bedroom or you know it's a, it's a two bedroom and we got the nursery now we don't really have room and uh you know like you gotta go though and uh so for him i'm glad that like he's gonna stay close with them uh uh yeah in the in the new arc that was good um but yeah it's uh did when you did so when this all began right it was gonna go dc vertigo and then obviously like you know somebody was like i don't know if we should publish a comic about Jesus. And then everybody was like, oh, yeah, how did this get past our marketing right. team or whatever the fuck happened, right? But which is funny because they sure don't mind publishing the Lucifer comics, right? And like, so we can like make comics at DC about the devil, right? But you can't. <laughs> You can't go on the other side and, and make it about Jesus, uh, which is that's interesting. And um, but regardless, it started, you know, you had a rocky start and then Ahoy picks it up. Now, when you did, you know, when you did arc one, did did you know right away? Like, or was it kind of like, we don't know. We have an arc two ready, but we don't, we're not sure if we're going to get it. And then arc two happens in the same way. Like now you guys are getting a third. Like, have you have you been in a comfy spot since Ahoy picking you up or, or has it been kind of like everybody's playing it? You know, we're not sure what's going to happen and nope, they keep bringing us back and we're here for it well yeah I, I i actually had much more of the story planned than just that first arc and i was hoping that we'd be able to do this for a long time nice. uh but it's expanded even from there even just like writing for ahoy it's the story's gotten bigger than i had originally intended and uh if if they just let it continue uh, you know until it naturally peters out comes to its own and end on its own terms it'll probably end up being like five or six series oh cool you said peter's out <laughs> yeah right st <laughs> peter's out <laughs> the one the one thing i'm gonna i'm gonna commit in here even though i'm not writing there was uh there is an aspect of vertigo which was the elephant in the room where they'd let you do the first arc and then they they'd just not talk to you about it unless it was an insane hit Mm. Um, I was um, a previous assignment there was doing covers for a series called Imaginary Fiends, which by all metrics of the time was a hit. But um, Vertigo was about to do the big Sandman relaunch. And they said, well, you know, we're, we're not going to take the focus away from the Sandman stuff or create our own stuff. So we're going to skip it for a year. So even though that book has still gotten TV media attention since, there's nothing happening. I think there was a real worry that we could have had a great first arc with Second Coming and then Vertigo just would have been largely indifferent and in chasing after something else. Yeah, I, th I think we're just better off creatively uh, with Ahoy because they, they want to see. I mean, just just looking at the other stuff Mark gets to do there. They're, they just want to see the story play out the way it naturally should reach its end and i'm i'm here for the whole ride yeah have, have you can you comment on the on the rumor mark that they are considering changing it to mark russell's ahoy comics is that is there anything true to that there's there's a joke there's a point the truth is they had a hair off and tom pyre won uh, <laughs> tom's good people too yeah, yeah. No, uh, Richard's absolutely right that I think the thing that makes Second Coming is the fact that it's at Ahoy and not at Vertigo, because if mm. we had stayed at Vertigo, Vertigo would have somehow uh, 
stared down the criticism and published i'm sure it would have been the sort of thing where it's like okay you gave us six issues we published them like we said we would thank you for your service goodbye never talk to us again (laughs) you know uh whereas ahoy was excited for it and not only are they willing to publish it they're like fully behind it and they let us let us put extra pages in the first issue and they really want to make the series as best as it can be and they, they brought in uh like leonard as like second artist which i thought gave the first volume like a real sort of like extra visual dimension because when you the the look of the series changes depending upon whether you're in heaven or on earth or in the past and i thought that was like really cool so it, it really is like um I think of, of, of the secret sauce of the series is the fact that we have a publisher that wants it to be, be true to its own vision and is not trying to change it or is not trying to like, you know, it's, it's not approaching uh, like the, the series, like it's like, it's like, it's publishing it on a dare. Like it's been, you know, it's, it's drinking a, a glass of its own urine for, for charity or something, you know, which I feel like, like most other publishers would have probably done it. It's like, okay, we'll do it, but we're not happy about doing this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry well, it's also, um, um, two of the core people at Ahoy are, uh, some of the editors from, uh, essentially the first golden age of Vertigo, uh, where they, they let creators, have their own lead and 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 they encouraged it i mean we're in a, we're in a unique place with ahoy um and i'm really happy to see second coming become more and more what mark was mark told me kind of what he wanted to be about early on and then there was a couple of meetings where i got to overhear and talk about some of the stuff that was coming up and we're playing around with that now but it's it's uh i know that from when i'm writing too it's like there's a certain sense of like when the idea is stewing in your head as you're building towards it it gets better and it lands better. And um, the patience and support we got from Ahoy is allowing Mark to do this at the pace he needs to do it to make those moments just hit in the right way. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, I believe, I believe the first issue for the next arc for me to lay out is, is due. I mean, done. So, I mean, I just, I'm finishing up six this weekend. Wow. And I'm, I'm really, really eager to see what's going on next. So that so the rest of the run is like streamlined. Then you guys are going from like one arc to the next. Just you're you're going to pump them out. We're not going to have to wait that. I'm, well, I mean, there's going to be a wait, obviously, but nothing like no no crazy waits between arcs. You guys are just like ready to ready to. No, hit. yeah, I'm already writing uh, the fourth series, and ideally, this is just kind of the way we'll operate going forward. Where it's like we'll write have the issues written and edited, and and like long before we actually you know are are laying down pencils and stuff. And this is the way I prefer to work, and it's it's made it like a really a a much better much more creatively uh friendly work environment for me to just be able to write these things like like long in advance when we know we're going to actually need them so it's helpful that ahoy said yeah go ahead and do the fourth series even though the third one's not even hit shelves yet yeah what is it uh april april 5th uh so soon don't have to wait. Don't have to wait too long. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, fans of fans of the previous volumes definitely need to snag it. And if you're not a fan yet, you can still be one, right? We can get those. Sure. There's two. There's two great trade paperbacks out right now for sure. uh, for you to to, to latch onto and enjoy. And uh, I can't recommend them enough because, like, uh, it's like I said, it was 
all of the, I remember, I remember when it happened, when like the comic got announced, right. And everybody was like ecstatic on Twitter and everybody's like, Oh my God, Mark Russell's writing Jesus Christ. And Oh, it's gonna be crazy. And Oh my God. Like there's a super, like a Superman's in it. Sort of like, what? and everybody was just like, it sounds amazing. And then, uh, that, that was then, part of the reaction. There was, <laughs> oh, was I'm a, sure there was another there was side of that coin. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remember when they pulled the rug out from under us, they were like, they're like, Oh, uh, that, actually is not going to get published <laughs> and then it was, <laughs> that it wasn't was the that other long. side of the coin yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then then ahoy came and and uh and and found you guys on a raft in the in the middle of the ocean and, and lured you in and now they you know, wasn't was really a raft i think it was more along the lines of um you know that madonna video where she's imitating Marilyn and all the suitors are coming at her I felt more like that. Um, more like that, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to mess with our own lore, but uh, but but yeah, it was surprisingly uh, attractive to to other publishers because I think it had all this publicity oh. behind it. So oh, they, nice. I think a lot of other publishers assumed, well, we'll at least sell one issue of this. Uh, and uh, but but we went with Ahoy because we just felt like this was like a much better creative environment long term. And also they, you know, like, like Richard mentioned, uh, they had Tom Pyre and Stuart Moore there. So it's like, this is the kind of place that we know is fostering the sensibility that we wanted to bring to it, where this is like an irreverent, but smart comic that is going to be around for a while, which is, you know, that's, that's largely, we felt like, like Ahoy gave us the best chance for making the comic we wanted to make. Nice. And I mean, you must, I, I mean, obviously you feel, uh, and, and you feel comfortable with, and, and they seem to be taking care of you. I mean, you've got, you've got two other, uh, now longer running series with them as well. Uh, Mark. And, uh, and I also th like that you're working with a blaze now too. Like I dig, I love that you're fucking writing like Superman and, and you still like find these really unique publishers to work with. Um, like on, on the smaller side. Cause I, I feel like there's a lot of people that, you know, I guess there's like some people believe in that mentality or, or think that it's the mentality of like, you know, Oh, well I'm working up to this. I'm working up to this. And it's like, you know, once, once you get that Marvel book or, or once you get that DC book, it's like, that's it. You know, like they can have my soul now. Like I worked hard for this. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, I, I, I love that uh, when, when bigger creatives like still do their own projects. Cause I, I mean, I love big two stuff and I love, like your new, like we talked last time. I couldn't say enough good things about, uh, you know, Superman Space Age, and and I and I'm so glad like you're getting to tell that story. But it's I love that like that your creator own stuff is still so important to you. Yeah, well, I love working for the big two. Uh, you know, I love working, telling working in the sandbox of both DC and Marvel. But for me, what I really want to do, uh, the thing that really like is what i see is like my, my goal is the creator own stuff i really that's the stuff i really want to pour myself into and I, I see second coming as sort of like my flagship series where like this is where i i feel like i am the freest to sort of just be myself and talk about anything and yeah. that's something you don't really get in a big two comic as much fun as they are to to write yeah they don't you're, yeah. you're not getting to write new scripture and uh <laughs> you know i you know they, they I, tend I to frown that. upon you know sort of biblical exegesis in <laughs> in superman comics no dogma yeah. no dogma at all just just and, just and there's also ones. i mean if we were at marvel uh leonard and i would be long gone just because marvel would have wanted to swap in new artists by now regardless uh, of what yeah. mark wanted it's it's 
it's um, when you're working at the big two, if you don't own it, you don't control it. And yeah. in a very real sense, Ahoy is very considerate of what, uh, primarily Mark, because it's Mark's baby. Um, I just get to play nursemaid. Uh, <laughs> Just, you know, suck at the teeth. Um, oh, that was <laughs> I mean, I got to be screwed. That's my whatever, whatever gets you guys excited for the comic. We're, we'll go any, we'll, we'll go anywhere, say anything. Just please put a pre-order in. Okay. Last time Mark and I talked, he, he thought it was still going to be five or six arcs total. Are we, are we still aiming for that or are we going longer? That's, you know, right now, if, if I tell the story I originally planned to, it's going to take probably five or six volumes, but who knows? Cause you know, the third volume just sort of like, you know, it was like, like, like baking bread it just sort of like grew from this lump of yeast into like this giant loaf so who knows i mean it could another series could do the same it, yeah it, i just brought back a memory it's before you started writing that that third arc you gave me a list of a bunch of different cover ideas and we didn't go anywhere near there so it's because i didn't draw any of those cover yeah ideas. no the, every, all the the uh the the sort of outlines and stuff i wrote i sent to people for the third arc turned out to be complete horseshit uh because i i you know the writing went a completely different direction which is the advantage i think of being able to write you know what long long before the scripts are actually needed because it gives me the freedom mm. to uh to change tack and write what what is it what i think needs to happen in the story as opposed to sort of chaining myself to an idea i had you know months months ago before i actually started writing what what makes you want to totally scrap an arc like that just to like what what just all of a sudden clicked in your mind after and you're like no this is this can't happen and then you just totally rewrite it that's because that's a lot of work man even if you do start well, real early and it didn't really so much wasn't so much scrapping it it's just like a lot of those ideas i had to push back to the next series because the third one i think the idea of like having to take care of this child who suddenly got the same superpower set that you do okay it, it just it just felt like it needed more time it needed more pages it was like a whole series unto itself so i mean it was a rewrite but and like a restructure too and like a refocus so, so like yeah but i just pushed out okay. a lot of the ideas i'd had for the third for the third series okay yeah. well i mean that's i think it's awesome that they're giving you guys the room to to do that with um yeah like i said it's been you know going going from like losing the losing a big publisher and then like and then now you're on your third arc of a, a series that a lot of people that love indie comics are talking about right and 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 even people that don't love comics still talk about it when it comes out because you know how dare how dare anybody you know dis disrespect the you know our, our our lord and savior jesus christ uh which i don't think anything in this comic disrespects that person at all no, i think um, it's far more respectful of of christ than most of what than most media anywhere read. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know because it's actually about his his teachings and not just about yeah. the fact that he's a mysterious figure with with superpowers who will let you live forever if you say the right words <laughs> which to me <laughs> that seems very disrespectful that seems like very uh like that that's that seems like a very toxic relationship where it's like i don't yes. really feel anything for this person i don't really believe in what they say but i if if i if i'm on their good side they they will let me live forever and if i cross them they'll they'll burn me to death for all eternity <laughs> i mean that, what kind of basis is that for a relationship yeah that, that is a, that is a quote-unquote unhealthy relationship no. definitely yeah, yeah have you guys I, seen women talking yet oh there's a great sequence where they talk about 
what what good is this life for if all we're doing is living for the next one oh yeah i've, I've never really understood that either and, and issue three you guys really you guys really hammer that out in the in I keep saying issue three. It's the third issue. One of the third arc uh, fans of the show know how to decode me. Cause I, I say the wrong shit all the time, but um, you guys, yeah, that's, that's a big like motif. And you know, I'm thinking that like, a lot of happens in that third arc premiere. Uh, and it's, it's great. It's not like, it's like just enough moving parts to like set us back into the world and reorient us with the characters. There's one character I didn't see though. And I, I don't know if what's going on and this isn't a spoiler technically because it happened in the previous arc, but uh, the the mother in law like his the grandma like grandma she I'm I'm yeah she got um unfortunately she you know I had a storyline for her and she got squeezed out of the third arc the third series almost entirely uh because of all the stuff with with the the baby uh okay. so she's she sh she has a pretty major storyline in like the fourth series but uh but yeah I think she. She only shows up in one issue, although it's a pretty important issue nice. in the, the third series. That's, that's man, it's, it's so cool that you can take all these characters because it's not that like a grandma in a, in a family is not important. But you know, in regards to screen time, you know, in, in the first two arcs, like I guess she does have a, a kind of bigger part. She has the most heartbreaking moment in the last arc or the arc I just finished laying out. Oh, really? I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, um, we can't, we can't, we can't spoil anything. Yeah, that's why, and that's why it's uh, like I'm really glad I got to read that premiere early. But I'm trying to be. I don't want to say too much, you know. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to ruin anything for uh for the the new readers or, or the people that you know, not new readers because it's arc three. Anyways, we try not to spoil on Blake's buzz. Very long yeah. story short, but it's hard because there's so many good things to talk about in this new issue, which is why you guys should uh make sure you get it. If you just yeah, tell your you know, shop you want it. Right, it is important because you know uh, the like uh, the pre-orders are very critical to a comic success. I mean, maybe not when yeah. you're on the third volume and you're already on a lot of people's pull lists, but still, I mean, yeah. uh, it's very easy people to understand. I think how precarious your your existence is in, in this industry, and if the the, the pre-orders fall off the map, your, your comic will probably probably will too when is your guys's uh, order cut off do you know <laughs> that said i don't know when our our final order is <laughs> so important have I, I have no <laughs> idea <laughs> I don't, actually uh, should we, should we mention you. um uh, we have a new editor for this arc well sarah uh sarah lit uh is uh is doing is the editor for this series uh taking over from tom pyre which is great for me because i worked with sarah on so many other projects on nice. billionaire island uh billionaire island cult of dogs and uh so I, I have a really good working relationship with her not that i dealt with tom but uh but i think it's gonna really uh help move things forward and like like a, a working it's gonna create like a working pattern that i'm used to which is nice. good because that, that frees up time and effort for creativity that's exciting um I, I mean having tom as an editor would be is, is pretty cool though i would i would imagine too yeah. but yeah you've i mean when you've already got work done with other people that again i think that's what makes this comic great is like we all have like, like the same crew's been around now for tom's still for our figurehead you know he's yeah. he's like uh queen the queen elizabeth or i guess in this case <laughs> king charles but you know it, it's good to have a prime minister 
in there too doing day-to-day <laughs> stuff. I'm thinking Modoc just because of the mass of his head, but yeah, that might work. Yeah. Imagine Modoc with Tom Pyre's head or hair. Oh jeez. Oh, oh, there it is. The wind shear as he flew would be just <laughs> Yeah. Would not be an aerodynamic <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen the movie yeah. yet, but all like all I've keep seeing is, is people talk about how terrible Modoc looks. So I guess like even even like the Modoc with Tom Payer hair would, would be an upgrade. I'm not sure. I, I just I've know. been seeing I've been seeing a lot of trash talking on I, online. So I, I haven't I seen it yet, but, yeah, but same the Modoc looks awesome to me. Uh it just looks hilarious. Did you guys like the the claymation one that um uh Pat Noswell? That Pat Noswell yeah, did Pat yeah. Noswell and Jordan yeah. Blum did. Yeah, that was good yeah. too. Yeah, that was good. I think yeah, uh it, it it's maybe I, I was never I never really was familiar with Modoc before, but now I'm a I consider myself a Modoc fan. Right? Yeah, it's like all of a sudden we were like oversaturated with like all this Modoc content and then they did yeah. Like it's, all it's these Modoc's new world. Figures. Yeah, we're just living in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just living in it, talking about other people's comic books. And some of those have, have God and Jesus Christ in it. it. Richard, is it ever hard? Um, like when someone tells you, or when when Mark, like when when Mark tells you, like, hey, I need you to draw like God if he was the big Lebowski, and like just really convey that in every single panel, and also like make him like extremely complex, which I know Mark's script does a little bit but he all like god always has these really great facial expressions and i just like i just fucking love them like it it makes when he you know those scenes when he gets really aggravated um the the scenes where when we find out like what heaven is and especially like what it really isn't uh and and just his kind of like over it all blank stare through those scenes where you know, like he's he's just tired of it all like you convey these really big emotions in god all the time like is that ever tricky when you take these these scripts and and these you know divine entities and have to like really bring out their human side both in in christ and and god like on the page has that ever been a struggle for you uh the first arc was a bit of a struggle um i didn't i didn't uh i mean i i, I knew um uh huckleberry no um Snagopus. I, Snagopus and flintstones i knew his work from there which was more broadly satirical to my mind um the humanity which was in, in Snagopus, was very much more in front in second coming i felt yeah um and it's it's like playing in a new band right um uh in many ways since i backed away from doing finishes i feel like i'm much more of a drummer than um i i felt i was like lead guitar in the okay. first arc but now i'm back just just making sure in the rhythms and um i feel much more comfortable in that role because i can i can i got a sense of what mark's really asking for i think that mark mark could tell me if i'm wrong or not <laughs> but i i feel after working together long enough when He's, when he's calling for certain characters to do something I, and he's not explicitly saying what they're feeling, I've been working with him long enough now to say, okay, I think this is what he wants from these characters. This is how he wants them to act. This is how he wants the scene uh, to play out. And sometimes, I, I, I think Mark does it because he, he doesn't want to be too directive as a writer, but a lot of times he'll he'll actually step on his own timing to give us space to draw it. And, and then I feel, okay, he's giving me the space to it, so I'm going I'm to make, make sure this joke or this emotional beat 
has a little bit more space around it because I can do that with the acting individuals. Okay. Uh, and that only comes from working with someone for any length of time. And I think we're just going to get better as we get, get through our 20th or 30th arc. <laughs> you know, one thing that Richard absolutely nailed, which I think has sort of become, it's like influenced the writing is that what is early designs of God. And, and when God shows up, he uh, sort of has this perpetually annoyed look. And I think that that this is God in his essence as a character is that he's a guy who got his dream job and it wasn't at all what he expected it to be. <laughs> yes, that's, that's it. That's totally and it was his it. first job. Yeah. And he's not, he's like not that great at it, but he gets paid really, really well. Right. And it's just like, yeah, he's, so he's, he's, sitting he's real like he, he, he is in charge, but annoyed by the fact that he has to be in charge. And he's I, honestly, he's not that good at it. Yeah. He's definitely, yeah, well, he's, he's not fair. really that good. At, I mean, he's, 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 time he's around, exasperated yeah. by everyone. He's a little, there's a little bit of Elon Musk in our guide oh, in, yeah. in, in, in a much less terrible way, I yeah. think. But there's that kind of like, well, God I said you have to do the Twitter. right thing. Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Because I never told you. Well, that's your fault. It's sort of like, you know, if you uh, open a, uh, like a, like a donut stand when you're like 20 and it becomes an enormous hit. Uh, and then when you're 50, you, you, you can't stand donuts anymore. And it's like, God, I wish I'd never opened this donut stand, but it's all anyone wants from me. You begin to resent the donuts, you know? And I think yeah. that's kind of where he's at. It's like, oh, what I would do to be able to, to scrape this, like having to like govern this reality off of my shoe and do something else. But I've created all these billions of souls. I guess I got to like, you know, find something to do with them. Yeah. And that, which is what heaven is. We, we, we've, we've yeah, it's just out, a repository. Right? It's, just like, it's, a place, it's just a place to put these people that I accidentally yeah, gave made the opportunity the to live forever. Beings with immortal souls. And now you got, you know, it's like buying a, you know, like a, like a, like a pot belly, like a little baby pig, like a little pot belly pig as like a, as like a pet. And, and then like within two or three years, it's like 300 pounds yeah. and taking up the whole backyard. There's like tiny pigs, right? Aren't there like, and then people get No, like, I think they all grow. I mean- Oh, I, they do all grow? Of, okay. Yeah, I think even like the little uh, like miniature pigs that they, they sell, I think that's a marketing thing. I don't think that's an actual breed. Okay. Like they, they call them miniature pigs, but you know, you feed them enough, they'll they'll get big. <laughs> they'll turn into a full pig. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I get pretty big. <laughs> I, always, I always see like the you know, internet videos with like, I, I like- animal videos always pop up on my stuff because i'm a sucker for them but like there's all these like little pig like these people and their pet pigs and pet raccoons it's like i get like yeah. overloaded with it and i'm just like yeah. every day i'm just like life would probably be better with a pig and a raccoon right but then i've seen i've seen the other videos w with the like 600 pound pig and it's like walking around the house and it's like oh, i wouldn't work i wouldn't work yeah if you started like a discussion group called goddamn whoever sold me this pig I guarantee there would be, It'd be full. You'd need several moderators. <laughs> It'd be therapy for these people. Because <laughs> that's that's what I've heard when, when I was asking if if there were like small pigs. Because I've heard these stories of like people was like, yeah, they I bought this like teacup pig, and it's like now it fucking needs a barn yeah, in my backyard. Teacup no. <laughs> pig. Well, that sounds like a letter column, right? Yeah, yeah I'm about to I'm about to rebrand. Never buy a timeshare. Never buy a pig. <laughs>
that's so true. I I I uh I love the origin story uh for like the the not Krypton explode uh, when it dies. Yeah, and, uh, yeah <laughs> the, the whole timeshare deal. <laughs> they're, like, they're just yeah. mad at our success. <laughs> it's like I, uh, that makes me laugh so hard. But my parents like, used to know. have a timeshare, and I like remember like my parents and my godparents like talking about like going to these sick because they make you go like they'll be like oh if you go out this weekend you know it'll be two hundred dollars cheaper but you have to go to these classes right and so they had to go to like these a couple like several hour long presentations and like that was like one of the deals of like getting to go there but they, i always remember them talking to each other and like hyping it up like yeah this is awesome and like my sister's name is sarah so i'd be like blake and sarah like we, we could give this to you when you're older and you guys can like have family adventures of your own and we were like oh yeah cool and I, they totally sold it forever ago my sister and i ain't never going anywhere well unless we pay for it that's the, <laughs> I think the primary feature of like late stage capitalism is trying to like get everybody to buy these long-term timeshare uh investments when the world is blowing up tomorrow yeah. <laughs> well, it was like, didn't, didn't ben shapiro say the one thing where it's like well of course if uh, you live on the coast of florida and your house are going to be flooded sell it and move inland and it's like I, and and he wasn't joking and he hates it when people call him on it but it's like who's going to buy that property yeah and and it's like there's a certain yeah i, I think right-wing mentality you'll always be able to find yeah yeah no just yeah. sell it just sell it just have yeah. your people take care of it that's what i do i just have yeah. my, my people take care of it they just do they do everything which is all which is kind of true because uh super fan promotion set up this interview i didn't really have to do anything <laughs> I, I said something to richard on online and then yeah. and then somehow mark got roped into it and then super fan set it all up so thank yeah. you super fan promotions they're uh, they're, like they're, they're excellent promoter, promoter uh, yeah promoters yeah yeah and they, I, they like me for some reason i like they 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 like hit me up all the time they're like blake do you want to do an interview i was like yeah yes please like i don't have to beg anybody it's wonderful <laughs> right, there you go. yeah it's uh like i've, I've had some cool i've had some cool gets uh cool gets from them and i get to read mark's uh com comics uh early all the time because they run ahoy's um pr stuff too so, so you, they, get the, you get the pdf the advance yeah i get everything advance. i get everything i i get like fucking fit upwards of 50 review copies of comics a week and i'm like they gotta figure out i can't do all this i'm one man like they're hoping yeah like i just i keep waiting like one week they're, they're gonna be like blake hasn't reviewed any of our comics for a month like we're he's off the list like that's like my biggest fear for some reason people don't mind being scammed if the stakes are small you know yeah <laughs> So I do, I was thinking of this, uh, I, I won't lie. I, I was, um, I ate a gummy last night and was playing video games. So I was playing, I was playing, <laughs> but I was thinking about how excited I was to talk to you guys today. And I was just kind of like, you know, high and playing cyberpunk, uh, trying to think of what to talk to you guys about Jesus. <laughs> so, but I started thinking, Everyone does. right. Like it just all flows together. Um, yeah. but it, I did come, I, I thought of this deal. Cause you know, right now, Mark is writing like three messianic narratives. Okay. He's got, he's well you just finished one you just finished superman and then you're, and i think uh i think traveling to mars is very much like it's written like a it's written like a gospel like it feels like it very much feels like what gospel if it was like well written and i wouldn't and have thought of it that way but now that you say it i i I mean it makes some sense to me <laughs> and then um and then you're and then of course you're writing the, the the new arc for a comic with jesus in it and and so it's like the, you know the third arc the holy trinity th three comics about messiahs like are 
are you brewing some kind of like magical like specter of a comic are you if you're you gonna announce something in like a month like some new project because i'm just like all this stuff is it gonna like become like the the three-in-one ultimate comic somehow like i don't know like i just i feel like i feel like you gotta just go pitch something right now something i probably should because i'm 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 quickly running out of runway i'm quickly running out of projects (laughs) that that i have to work on this is like an unusual place for me in my professional comics career where it's like i I uh, I don't really. I'm at a point where I don't really know what I'm doing next, but I'm oh, not wow. terribly concerned about it because I'm enjoying yeah. the stuff I'm doing now so much. Because it's it's different now when you have a lull period as opposed to like when you were like just starting out, right? Because I, I mean, you've got you know you've you've got some some stuff you know already and like residuals and however that shit works, and you know um you're you're so you have like a backlog of stuff that people can buy and continue to buy so like that that lull period's not like super scary but i could i could also see how it could go the other way where you're like i just fucking wrote superman like how do i not have a new gig lined up like hello like my name's mark russell like i'm ready to write a comic for you later i wish it were that easy i wish i could just, <laughs> it's never that so. easy <laughs> yeah thinking about you know intentionally about what is it that that you want to be doing right now what is it that 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 i think the the stuff you want to do is going to be your best stuff so what is it that you figure out what you want to do and try to find a way to make that happen? Well, yeah, it's like a while ago, it's thinking about the stuff I did, I felt was my strong suit in Second Coming was all the weird shit I got to design and draw. So I really want Mark to come to me and say, hey, let's do a series, like a graphic novel of like the all the apocryphal stories that wouldn't fit in the Second Coming. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's like you know, Jesus encountering Thor and a bender. I would right? do that in a heartbeat. To me, that that is like like a series like like if they allowed me to do it i'd sign i'd sign the dotted line tomorrow where it's like i would i would totally i would i would literally just do second coming in that until that's all done yeah like the uh all the sort of biblical flashbacks or like stories of because i think second coming is not just the story of these two characters it's the story of everything that's happened to christianity since christ's first visit and so there's so much more to that story in which christ himself is not a character or you know and and i think that um if 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 they allowed us to do a series like sort of a spin-off where it was just these stories of christendom of things that have yeah. happened uh since the uh, the first visit of christ that would that would to me be very motivating in fact in the uh, the fourth series uh there's one issue which i just finished writing and just sent off to sarah uh which it's like there's almost no modern there's almost no jesus or sunstar in it it's like almost all like about the fourth crusade yeah. and then like this oh, wow. shows up at the end all right well okay let's pitch ahoy on doing um yeah. like, I'm, the, I'm sold i'm sold i would luckily i haven't signed on anything just, else just right tell, yet just ahoy loves me just tell him just be like hey we pitched this to blake he says a great idea we should bring it right to you and <laughs> they'll be like yeah let's yeah. do it well we'll we'll print that contract up but hey you know you're approaching the third arc of a creator-owned book like you're you're in spinoff territory. Uh, there's definitely another indie comic book that is not scared of spinoffs at all right now. And, and people eat those up like uh, the, uh, the, like the radiant black, black well, black. Oh, oh yeah. Black oh. hammer too. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Jeff can do anything. He's, he's, he's yeah. insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the same too, like black hammer. And then uh, like I said, radiant blacks doing it. Um, yeah. you know, so it's not, it's not an unheard of deal. And also like, isn't there, I don't, I haven't been to, it's been a while since, since private school, 
uh, in Sunday school and stuff, but there, isn't there like 27 or 30 years like missing in Jesus Christ's life? Like, well, yeah, the first it's like undocumented 27, 30, uh, the, um, the gospels basically leave, I mean, the, what they, they talk about his early childhood, like basically mm-hmm. to the time he's two years old. And yeah. Cause he opens up the gates of hell and accidentally throws a bully in there. And then we, then we don't talk about him for 30 years. And then he's just the fucking, then he shows up at 30. Um, yeah. I mean, we do it, you know, in, in the, uh, the third series, we do reference pretty heavily the um, infancy gospels, like the Syriac uh, infancy gospels, which are stories about Christ when he was a boy that you don't get in the canonical Bible. So there is some of that coming up in this third series. Nice. Because I was going to say, like, that'd be like, that'd be a good, oh, and just call it Jesus Christ. Just like, (laughs) just just flat out. Like Jesus Jesus Christ exclamation point. (laughs) Oh, oh, Christ almighty. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good too. That'd be good too. Regardless of what you think about the Bible, it's, it's got a lot of stuff in there you can play with. uh, Even if like, and, and also just to see you guys like pass, like, like if you guys like rewrote Noah's Ark or something for some reason. Well, there are so many, like, you know, there's so much fan fiction already written about Christ by early christians i mean the uh, the gnostics <laughs> wrote several gospels that never made it into the canonical yeah. bible and yeah. i mean there's a there's a really great story about um after christ comes back from the dead hanging out with the disciples and offering to, to give them the chance to talk to the devil and so they're okay sure and so he summons satan up and satan actually kind of gives an almost sort of sympathetic like like view of his view of events of like why of like how he was actually kind of a victim of of god's ego wow and, and before jesus is like sort of cuts him off and says all right that's enough of that go back uh but but these stories that are that are really sort of still resonant on a very sort of emotional human level that most bible believing christians or non-bible believing people don't don't know about because they were they were banned and declared heretical for so many years yeah i remember like so i I talked about this the other day um uh, i talked i actually talked yesterday uh, with uh, andy i or when was it thursday i talked to andy diggle and uh and we were talking about the book of revelations uh because we were talking about he he's he like quotes it in one of his comic books and uh i remembered like when my friend showed me like the book of revelations as a kid he was baptist i was catholic and i was like i was like what are you talking about man there's, there's no like a, there's no end of the world bible story and he's like no read the book of revelations i read the book of revelations and for like two weeks i was terrified that like every day i woke up i was like today's gonna be a day i'm gonna hear that trumpet oh it's gonna, it's gonna happen and like uh and you know all, all like the, the beast rising from the ocean and the the, the mark of the beast and then like the yeah. scorpion tails and the lion heads and like dude I, that shit like fucked me up man yeah and, i grew up in a church that pretty much built its entire theology around the book of revelation which oh, wow. you know um uh when when at the council of nicaea when they were trying to decide on the canonical bible they had the 50 bishops of all the churches like each make a list make three lists actually they they told them make a list of all the things you think are unquestionably canon and have to go in a bible then one a list of things you think are apocryphal which could maybe go in the bible but aren't necessarily got to be there 
and then one a list of like things that are just batshit crazy and no <laughs> no way no how belong in the bible and the book of revelation was the only book that made it into the bible that had that appeared on any of the batshit crazy uh, oh, wow. lists. but they put it in because at the time they were dealing with the arminian heresy so the book of revelation is very much about how false prophets or people who try to change the message will burn in hell and they will they will meet their day of judgment so they put that in there as the end to sort of like say now that we've established the canonical bible we don't want any more heretics we don't want anyone adding to it so it made a much better end point i think than you know the book of jude <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it definitely yeah. it definitely ends on a hot note uh yeah when, no it's it's you know <laughs> the, the editorial structurally it's sound <laughs> so it's like yeah it's an exclamation point ending for sure so you you've mark you've done a lot of writing about religion and stuff i mean you're this this is like something you've like researched really like but are, are you like uh, are you a very like necessarily religious person or, or does this stuff just like fascinate you because it's so like ingrained into like our socio-political atmosphere well i think everyone's religious in the sense that you need to uh live in a sphere that's bigger than just the material world you occupy i don't subscribe to a organized religion um because to me that sort of takes the fun out of it of the mystery and also i you know i, I think there's a lot of great things a lot of wisdom and in, in a lot of different traditions yeah. So it's like when somebody says, oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian or, you know, I, I belong to this particular religion. I, I feel like it's like someone saying, oh, I, I enjoy the jokes of Steve Martin, but only the jokes of Steve Martin. Why <laughs> <laughs> well, why not choose pick and choose? Why not watch some Richard Pryor? Yeah. Yeah. There's other funny people in the world. No. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. get you. I get you. Yeah. Well, what about you, Richard? Let's, let's let's go around the block. Like I, I was raised, so I was raised Catholic, and um, definitely not Catholic anymore because my my dad used to work at my school in the church, and they treated him like dog shit, and that kind of messed with because he was like the janitor, right? And so like he kind of uh, he just he worked there, so my sister and I got cheaper tuition, but they just they didn't treat him really well and expected him to like do all this crazy labor like solo, and I, I like and then they passed him over on this like promotion. He'd worked there for years and. So like just growing up, like I just kind of saw, like I, I saw like my buddies that whose parents taught at this school were like treated better as opposed to like my dad who was the janitor because I was like you know like some people are important some aren't, and um and my family was like they we were like it's not like we were like outcasts like we were like garbage pail kids or something but there was just like there was a weird behavior like when when my dad or his kids were were brought up sometimes and um and that's why i am not religious anymore but i do think it, like like mark said you know i think it is important to remember that the world's bigger than we are however that reminds you of that and kind of like you know faith is if faith does if faith does great things for some people and and then for other people it can be traumatic and for other people it just isn't really much of anything so you know if it does something for like all power to you anyways regardless like tell us about tell us all your your secrets of of religion and let's like let's just get into it like what what well, i was born you? i was born into a roman catholic family um, okay but because um my mom got pregnant while she was a student in a catholic school oh, no. um we i didn't go to a catholic school <laughs> i went to public school um but i went to public school at a time when you still had to say prayer in the morning Oh, and wow. you know, sing God Save the Queen and the Canadian anthem every morning. And we had to do we had to read from the Bible. So it was it was no That's public gnarly. school. That, yeah, this is Canadian public school, right? <laughs> um, but very early on, I had I had a question. We we we'd have every once in a while we'd have like a priest come in and just talk to us. 
uh, proselytize, I guess, but there's always op- opening up for questions. I always ask the most awkward questions. It says, how come more Catholics aren't born in the Muslim world? And he was like, what? I said, <laughs> why are only Muslims born in the Muslim world? And Catholics are born by Catholics. Why, if, if, if Catholicism is right, why aren't you know Catholics spontaneously showing up all over the world? Mm-hmm. And he didn't have an answer. Yeah. And he gave like just kind of like non-answer. And I realized they have no answers. It's all made up by people. Yeah. And um and and then I had um I had a friend who was deeply in the closet, but everyone knew he was gay. I think we've all had friends like that when we were yes. in school. Yeah. And um he said something incredibly homophobic because I think he was trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think it's in the Bible. And I looked at him and I went, I don't it doesn't sound like anything Jesus said. So I went to the library, I said, Is there a way to find out everything Jesus said about gay people? And the librarian went, Oh, he said nothing about gay people. She just knew, right? <laughs> I think she thought. I was worried about coming out of the closet. But I said, well, I got a friend. He just said something he th- thought Jesus said. She goes, no, no, you have to go. She literally pulled out an earmarked Bible with like different color tabs in it and said, okay, all the homophobic stuff is in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's what I right? always heard. Yeah, and, Jesus was and, a hippie. Like, I mean, or however, I, he was a he was a fucking SJW. Like, yeah. I mean, and I, I don't think SJW is an insult, right? I don't say no. that as an insult, but like, that's what he, he was very much as a social justice warrior and like wore sandals and turned water into wine and like did not give a fuck about the authority like he, he was he was kind of a ruse like it's oh, cool. oh, okay <laughs> hang on um i think jesus was pretty particular about who authority you 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 know give unto well, caesar what caesar can give unto god what's god yeah. i uh from that point on from that second point i realized Jesus was a hell of a philosopher. If you looked at, well, most of his stories, um, he has a cogent philosophy towards pacifism and everyone is essentially is the socialist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in as much as anyone could be a socialist, you know, in that era. And yeah, I thought that about, was great. What about our conservative fan base who's listening to the show right now? Who's just like being like, what? Jesus is a socialist and he's not white. Like fuck Blake's buzz. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> Oh God! I I I um, missed you. <laughs> do, do we, Mark? Did you? I can't remember. Did you get death threats too? Uh, oh, you I guys got, got death threats? Yeah, I got, got I got. Like if I was reading like a message, and yeah, we got a bunch of like messages when the controversy shut up. But I would re- usually read like the first line, and then from that I could figure out if I wanted to read further. So I yeah. got some that were probably death threats if I had read down, but I'm just like delete, delete. To I, stop. I don't want yeah. them. You know, it's like trying to drive with a hundred kids in the back. You know, screaming and yelling. It's like I can't yeah. drive like this. I <laughs> I need to tune you all out. <laughs> Yeah, there's 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 a significant sect of people who self-describe as comic fans, but they really aren't. Yeah. And they're very, very, very eager to do the things that the villains of comics do in defense of what they think is right. And um, and, and, and that type of honestly seeing that in my family and around me growing up, seeing that sort of intolerance coming out of like what which ostensibly is a doctrine of tolerance yeah. um, really made me realize that um, even if God was real, humanity fucks it up so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's what largely second coming is about is about yeah. how badly we've mangled the doctrines and the teachings of Christ over time yeah. because we've expected them, you know, it, it, Christ came to earth and he basically was, t- all of his teachings were about how to like slip out from underneath the thumb of an empire that's trying to control you. And his answers were basically, well, the empire empires control you one of two ways, either bribe you to do what they want 
or they scare you into doing what they want. So if you're the kind of person who cannot be bribed because you don't care about material things or you trust, you know, the, 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 the world to take care of you, or you're the kind of person who can't be scared because you realize that you are fundamentally a spiritual being, not a physical one, then you're, you're beyond the control of an empire. The empire loses. The empire yeah. has no, no way to like deal with you at that point because you're, you, you're a dropout basically. Yeah. Uh, which is of course the scariest thing you can t- show an empire, which is why they, they had to kill him. Uh, it, but the, the, I think the whole thing went sideways when it became the official religion of an empire, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they, they kind of had to change the teachings to make, well, to make it sort of, they had to retrofit the teachings to make it do the opposite of, of what was intended. Uh, you look at the way Constantine used Christianity as a hammer politically, and uh, you realize it's it's I mean even with what uh, you mentioned the Nicene Council before how they politically organized it to to solve current problems and we're stuck with them yeah and it's it's one of the most fascinating I mean it's um, I said this before like when I was offered this book it was like do you want to be on preacher and this book is decidedly not preacher uh, um, I I feel incredibly lucky I was lied to at the start. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this book is. I, I will. I will make a comparison. Right. If you read the first arc of Preacher, there's a sense of rushing to get as much stuff in as possible. Yeah. Which I, I mean, Mark pointed out we had that in the first arc of Second Coming. Now we're hitting the real stride. We know we get to tell the story in the way it needs to be told, and we can trust the readership to stick with us as we tell it. Um, I, th- I think that's the best comparison between Second Coming and Preacher is is we're getting to tell the story now that we're in the belly of the beast. Uh, we're telling the story uh, as it needs to be told. And I, I'm just so happy to be there. Which is nice, right? Because not everybody gets lucky enough to get in that position. Because, I mean, even in even in even on the indie side, like, deadlines are still very real. You yeah. know, like, no no one it's, – it's it's a bummer when a when a comic book is, like, you know, months late or, or something like that, you know? And it's like – or, you know, when, whatever – for whatever reason. Uh, but, yeah, like – but in that regard, like, to, to, like, when you guys are still setting deadlines, but, like, comfortable deadlines to you, right? And, like, even – easily manageable like we don't have to stress we can keep having fun with this book you know and it's you know it's still our baby and we don't we don't want to like put it in a basket and send it down the river right we just we want to keep the baby and raise it and it's but like it's just cool like especially this comic you know for so many reasons um just like it's the the hard the hard start the, the 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 topic you know and and to have like editors that have you guys' back editors and publishers, I think is just so cool. Uh, and right now in indie comics is a weird fucking world anyway, right? Like places are running out of money. Things are shutting down. Like, you know, books, books don't come out and, and don't get returned. Uh, yeah. so like, you know, so to have you guys be in like this comfortable position, like I'm so happy for both of you. I mean, both of you work very hard, um, you know, and, and totally deserve it, but it's just, it's cool that, that there's still like, you know, it's not hopeless for indie comics, right? There's still, there's still some good news out there. Like people are still making money. People are still printing books. Like it's not, I don't know. I think some people are thinking like, are talking like it's really dire. Like some people are like, you know, like all the publishers are going to be closed except like image and boom until like next month, you know, like it's just, I'm like, it's, oh, it's like, calm down. Everybody take a fucking breath. Like there's, there's still a lot of like boutique publishers putting out great books by great talents. And, um, you know, I mean, like it Colin is bad Burns out there. Point. It is, oh, it's, yeah, it's it not is, great. It is, 
is like as dark as it's ever been in in my comics career. But yeah, it's not that desperate. Um, I think it's sort of a game of musical chairs, and you're not sure who's going to oh, no. survive That's and who's the... not. But you know, I think that there is. <laughs> oh my a, god! I do think that you know there there will be survivors because yeah, there yeah. is in the end this these are comics people want to read. Yeah. Uh, and if they did not, if you know these small publishers like Ahoy did not exist, somebody would have to invent them because yeah. there's just a demand for this sort of thing. Have you guys ever thought? Or do, do either of you mess with like Substack or, or any of that at all? Like or like like Patreon and some of these like kind of means to like you know make money I outside am, of publishers? I'm doing my my ver- first ever Kickstarter uh, in starting beginning of April. What? It's not. It's a uh, for a cartoon book that I'm that I've a bunch of cartoons that I've drawn. So, oh yeah. Okay. Hell yeah! Uh, very part of very amateurish. Yeah, if you, if anybody's interested, and please, you know, by all means, if you're interested, go to Kickstarter and look up bunk bed mishaps. That's my uh, my my book of original cartoons, um, bunk bed mishaps. And uh, right now we're just in the pre-launch phase, so you can just sign up for for free updates on the Kickstarter when it gets going. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'll I'll be hyping that. That's exciting. I I. Sure. This is this your first time on Kickstarter, Mark? Yeah, my first ever Kickstarter. And I don't have a Substack or anything. Everyone's telling me I got to get one, so maybe I will. But uh, they are, I mean, they're, it's a cool like blend of website, blog, and newsletter. And like yeah. for me, it ended up being great because like I, I, I had the Blake's Buzz blog was like the first thing I launched. And, you know, people helped me launch it and stuff. But after the first year, Wix was like, well, you owe us like $550 if you want to like keep all this going yeah. like it is. And I was like, well, that's a lot of money. And uh, and then like, so I, I ended up like, I heard there was like cheaper routes. And and then um, I was like, well, I'll, I'll learn how to make a website. It can't be that hard. It's kind of hard. And so that kind of went out the window. <laughs> and then, and then I, I signed up for Substack. And so like I have my blakesbuzz.com, like I pay for that, right? And so like you can go to blakesbuzz.com and it goes right to my Substack. I got it forwarded. So I did figure that out. So like I can't build a website, but I figured out how to forward a, a web address that I pay for. But it's cool, man. It's it's like, you know, I, I write reviews on there and um and you know, like remind people like when I put out podcasts and stuff and you know, I don't have I don't have a ton of subscribers, but it, it definitely helps like circulate my content and it, it looks decent, like the email templates and stuff, and it's super, super easy. And I really dig it. And and I get more views now. I'm more popular than I was two years ago. But since I had my blog, like my cause I don't mine it's not free or anything. So like anybody with the link can like go read the reviews. So like when people share it, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a sole inside Substack like audience. Um, but I get I get more way like probably triple triple the action i was getting when i had the blake's buzz blake's buzz website and so it's, it's cool man it's and it, like i said it's free the, the, um well and you can make money on it too you can charge you can be like you can be like you can pay five bucks a month for for all my smart mark russell shit that you don't get anywhere else and people will be like yeah i'll do that and then so you like you know, one dollar a month saves yeah, you sure five dollars a month guarantees a good place yeah good and, and i see and i see a lot of it like with artists richard like a lot yeah. of artists like do like especially like they'll go like do not say for work 
work stuff is like you know that's what i use my patreon for yeah nice yeah okay (laughs) that's it it keeps getting more and more popular like i i I backed um i've I've got a a couple not safe for work comics coming soon that i'm kind of excited to check out like i was always a fan of the pinup covers but like like you know not like naked pinup covers but like you know like the the beautiful woman you know in like rogue yeah like uh and uh so i used to i used to buy a lot of those or like you know any of like the 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 sexy like rogue or you know uh emma or like any of like the hot x-men covers and stuff like that mark brooks draws like i would buy those a lot too and uh so i always been a fan of those and then finally i i did i bought i've bought one nudie cover and it was like thirty dollars and i was like well you're not in that tax bracket to keep spending thirty dollars on single issues but like you can't but but i mean so i I got one and i got like i got two i got two metal covers one nudie variant so you know i gotta like dip my toes in the occasional uh variant weirdness just to see like what's going on um but yeah it, anyways like i a lot of artists like to do that on patreon i like babs tar makes fucking tons of money and like and and has like a sticker shop now that like prints money so <laughs> that yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I love to print money although i, I i'm yeah. sure it's still illegal yeah it's, i'm in the wrong so. business for sure yeah yeah sexy sexy witch stickers there's a huge market for them apparently like it uh (laughs) people will well i've been drawing sexy witches for a little while now so uh maybe they'll maybe i do stickers do like a do like a special sticker run for your for your top tier patreon backers yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like it's better better than i am i I launched one and then quickly found out that like it's really hard to make extra content when you're already doing a lot of content right and then I was like, yeah. then I got like overwhelmed and then, and then, you know, like I kind of shut down. I was like, oh man, I'll do something next week. And then it was, a, then it was two weeks and it was three weeks. And then, so I was like, okay, so I was going to do a, a newsletter and a bonus podcast. And then like, that was really hard. It was, it was just a lot. And so then I changed everything. It was just like, Hey, for $3 a month, you can help support a dream. <laughs> and, then that, and then I was like, if you get uh, extra content, maybe some, maybe something, but like no promises, just $3 a month. <laughs> And then that made me feel a lot better for never posting on it. And- yeah, I, I think I think one of the heartbreaks of the modern era we live in is I went to art school. I worked mm-hmm. really, really hard to develop my skills and everything to be able to get, be a good storyteller and artist. And now I have to be a videographer and right, yeah. an article writer and a sticker yeah, maker man. and all the, all this other stuff just to make ends meet. It's yeah. it's uh, look at fuck poor Mark. Poor Mark's having to release a book of of fucking cartoons. Like he's, <laughs> he doesn't draw. Well, apparently he does draw. Just don't make me it. cry again, Mark. <laughs> well, every draw, issue there's a sob fest. Now we got to sob just about Mark. <laughs> it's the poor mark special ladies and gentlemen yeah. Please yeah, buy my book. Please i'll be selling it. my book along with apples uh, on the side of the road <laughs> a book and an apple that's a, that's a solid yeah. pair a nice read and keep the doctor away ladies and gentlemen that's, that's what you and they're going to be totally organic and safe and he'll be properly licensed for his curbside uh, apple store so no fears mark knows mark knows how to handle this shit correctly he's been around the block before no one's no one's no one's getting no one's getting fined for illegal permits over here ladies no. and gentlemen just rest rest assured <laughs> this, this is the this is the creative team of second coming ladies and gentlemen like this is real deal comic book hotshot territory here now like and i'm being serious like this book this this book fucks all the way to heaven and back to hell like i'm serious it's wonderful and both of you guys are wonderful like it's mark it's always a pleasure talking to you i you make me nervous man because you say tons of smart shit it freaks me out <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it helps, you know, I, I, one of the, the great things about being a writer is that I find I'm much smarter when I can go back and change. Oh, what yeah. I, when you, just when said. you have time to edit. So I recommend it for anyone who wants to seem smarter than they really are to like become a writer because you can always go back and edit <laughs> yourself later. What, what about, what do you think about that, Richard? Like, what is, does uh, being an artist like, because uh, I mean, you you can edit, you can change, but you you get to a point where you got to kind of commit, right? So does that? Yeah, but no one ever thinks artists are smart, so I don't think it fairly applies. <laughs> All right, fair. Well, I mean, I wouldn't. We have said we, that. we generally get treated with a certain amount of. I mean, look at the whole AI image generator yeah. thing, where it's like, uh, it's like, oh, don't take our don't take our right to make art away from us. You 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 elitist artist, you. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Hey, they're they're doing words now too, though. There's there's gonna be AI everything pretty yeah. soon. Like I'm I'm pretty excited for my first artifice. Like I'm gonna sign up for like the AI, like Tinder. I'm like I, I want that to like come out. And I and, and and then I still you still get rejected on there. Like there's it'll just be AIs, of, you know, left swiping other AIs. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like you're just not what I'm looking for. I just found out what my identity is, and like like I just was born into existence into this software. But Blake, you're, uh, I'll wait for the next guy. Thanks. The, 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 one thing I'm sincerely worried about is that the 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 fact that like they're using AI to replace like human labor. Yeah. is that the main lesson the main thing we're training ai to learn is just how expendable human beings are <laughs> that's <laughs> the first thing they know that's, that's Fuck, gonna come man. back and bite us i have yeah, that that will be a problem once the ai you know re achieve singularity the fact that like it was trained on like decades of like of like how to get rid of human beings <laughs> why they aren't important i feel like yeah. this is like a, a second arc of not all robots like brewing up brewing up here like <laughs> very very it's, much that kind of like yeah. hopeless future that that we make for ourselves we're either going to destroy the planet or make things that destroy us but like one way or another like humanity does not want to stick around for a while <laughs> for whatever the case for some reason did you see the news today about clark's world i did not it's a science fiction anthology they just shut down submissions because 70% of the submissions in the last month were AI generated. Oh, yeah. Imagine being the, the poor soul who has to like sift through these and like read these. Oh, the, the sludge. And they're so oh, terrible. There's, yeah. They said part of, part of the first, they realized there were all, you know, chat GPT generated stories because they were all terrible. Wow. Yeah. And, it's and then so they, well, this is, this is English. It's competently written English. The grammar's right. The sentence yeah. structure is, but it's, but it's gobbledygook. It's not <laughs> Yeah, and you well, got that's, that's how you know and... it's not a human writing it because they you're they're using sentences yeah. correct or using no, uh, human writing it would be gobbledygook that also had misspelled words <laughs> and, yeah. and commas nowhere where they should be. <laughs> and what's weird is there's no way to copyright any of this material yet. Google and Apple and everyone are race or Microsoft are racing to have the premier AI generated media. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and none of it can hold copyright. Mm. None of it. Wow. So either either their plan is to just generate so much material that artists are irrelevant and the quality drop will will hit so low that people will just think it's good anyway. The way, the way it is with Marvel movies for the most part. I mean, not not to say that Marvel movies are terrible, but there's there's a certain generic aspect to Marvel movies. As long as they keep putting them out and the people said, well, it, it, it gave me all the, you know, monster truck action I want in the movie these days. Uh, it's a good movie. Um, we are doing the worst possible thing, putting machines in charge of our, our creativity and inspiration. Yeah. And um, that's 
scares me. That scares me. I, I, I have artist friends who quit yeah, because uh, they saw these programs coming. They said, I'd, I'd much rather be a plumber. I'd much rather be a plumber than uh, compete with a machine that steals my work. I mean, it's just any, all technology, really, it's crazy how addicted we are to it. Like, you know, when, when you when you're a content creator and your fucking laptop craps out or you know like stuff like or or if you drop your cell phone and break it right like that fucking panic attack of like not having a cell phone for like a day or two or however long it takes for your new one to get there uh you know just like we're so like we let these things like we're like encumbered by them like we've we've put like so much weight on our shoulders that's supposed to make our life easier right but now it's turned into a crutch and and we lean on it too heavily which like my sister like uh my, my sister got an old macbook recently and um but she hasn't had a laptop in in years and years and years like all she has is her phone like her fiance has a gaming computer so i guess if she really needed a computer she would have it but you know it's just like I, even i thought i was like you haven't had a laptop this whole time you don't even have a tablet you just have your you just have a brand new iphone like that's not enough like you know it's like like no you have to have like different devices for different rooms and then you have to have like some kind of mobile computer that you can like take with you and do computer things that that you're that yourself like all these are like rules now and and it's it's crazy to like you know think of how you know how how like crippled you are without them uh it's it's nuts and, and then yeah and then now adding on top of that like all the this this artificial intelligence debate and 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 what it's doing with art and what is it uh washington post put out that article where they got to like interview an ai and it like and it like said it wanted to like grow up and become a real being and it didn't like it didn't like hey, me too. being an AI, you know? And I was like, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like Terminator taught us nothing. Like we, <laughs> we saw that. And again, like what does humanity love to do? Make thing, make terrible things happen to itself. Like we saw Terminator and we were like, we got to make that a reality right yep. now. It's and like the doing- garden of Eden all over again. It's like, once you show somebody an apple, there's no way they're not going to take a bite out of it. Uh, yeah. And like don't, know, don't we, know, eat- <laughs> we all know that this is going to lead nowhere good exactly <laughs> but no one seems to understand uh, know how to not take a bite out of the apple <laughs> it's, I, I mean could you imagine like the, the the day that comes like when uh when you you don't have to pay like military officers like make too much money so like we'll just have like a whole bunch of grunts and they carry a tablet around and the tablet gives them orders and then you're like they're like no we don't have 3g right here like what are you trying to tell like there's the clusterfuck yeah. that this is going to lead I was reading to, an like, article that says this is basically the history of warfare that like it started out like where hunter gathers you actually had to walk up to somebody and sort of disembowel them and stab them and then uh you know we created like like archery and and rifles and muskets so we could oh i don't have to get right up close to them i could shoot them from afar yeah so i'm somewhat, somewhat disconnected from it and then like oh well i don't even have to like you know shoot the gun myself i can press a button and a missile will fire or you know a drone will kill them and the end game is going to be i don't even have to press a button it's like these machines are just going to decide who lives and who dies yeah god that's oh my god wasn't there a classic star trek episode where it's like certain you know, part of the population just have to show up to dust cha- chambers yeah like it, you know simulated you come across the screen like your city's been destroyed by this virtual war you have to go to the extermination chamber <laughs> yeah. i just read it's, um there was a comic on kickstarter kickstarter called thoughtscape comics that was really cool and uh they it was like a short one one writer um do, doing the short uh these shorts that were done like he handpicked like some really great artists but there was there was one about like drone warfare and it's like uh it's it's like humans against bugs right so already like very starship troopers so i was like already sold i was like fuck yeah let's go like let's kill some bugs and and then uh but they like the the kids like 
it almost looks like an internet cafe, right? They're like a classroom kind of, and they're all sitting there like playing these video games, but it's these, they're, these kids are like droning this other, this other world, like this alien species. Right. And then, uh, and then the, the second part of the comic is the, the bug children doing the same thing. And it's just like, so on both sides of the spectrum on like two different worlds is like these, these basically like teenagers playing video games that are, that are like wreaking havoc on like these two different civilizations that are planets apart. And, but I mean, that is, and, and the, the further you distance yourself from it, right. The easier it is to, to pull that trigger, you know, when, when you're not, when you're not holding a knife and having to stick it in someone's guts, like that's a romantic intimate kill, right. That's, you have to like really want to kill somebody or like if you strangle them or so like i mean that's so physical you're right there you're looking at them and then like but i mean if you're if you're if you're an ocean away a world away and and you're just clicking a mouse looking at a screen like that's totally different you know and 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 that's that's what warfare is now which is which is kind of fucking terrifying and i think this is how you like any great atrocity the way you you commit it is to create two steps between the person who actually benefits from it and the person who's um you know the victim and that's how you know like like genocides happen that's how you know um massive economic exploitation and slavery happens is that the person who's you know eating the pork chop (laughs) never had to come in contact with the pig or the person Mm -hmm. who is like slaying them you know so this is this is this is what civilization's (laughs) primary feature is to create two or three steps between you know all the nice things we want from murder and uh and the actual commission of it we live in in terms of the western civilization uh if if you have a certain income if you're a certain skin color we live in a very very rarefied air mm-hmm. uh we, we're not not we're generally not at risk um last night i got up late and watching a bit of a documentary on um the resistance in ukraine against uh the russian invasion and there was one guy who had a really kind of a cool gig uh telling the ukrainian government where all the russians were hiding in one of the the cities that was occupied and then one too many of his friends got killed and he decided he had to get up close and personal and kill a russian soldier and it was it was literally getting up next to this guy and putting a knife in him wow and you can see in his face where it it changed him It, it it really really changed him it's it's um we are generally in terms of like you know canada america the uk we're we're far enough away from the real violence going on in this world for the most part that it doesn't really affect us yeah like like in ukraine like they're they're fighting wars in neighborhoods like i mean i don't i don't i don't know that I don't. I would hope that we never experience it, but I mean, like, I don't know what what's going to happen in however many years. But, but yeah, that's that's something here in America that we that we've never had to. We're, I mean, nine nine eleven, right? But that was that still that was very that was very localized and 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 over quickly, right? This wasn't like you know weeks or months or years. And again, like fighting, like you know, people hiding in schools and turn like you know, like it, it, random buildings being turned into bunkers and like all these things happening in like the streets of a neighborhood and it's it's fucking it's fucking gnarly and and yeah like i said it's and it unfortunately like like we talked about how you know how when you're when you're pushing the trigger and not having to look at the person and you know the ease in which that happens like 
you know, that that's also the problem where it's like these, these huge, you know, worldwide problems, like so many, it's so easy for people to like, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to watch uh, hot girls dance on TikTok instead. You know, I'm going to watch Maddie Matheson's new, new cooking video, right? I'm going to watch the new Blake's buzz episode with, with, with Mark and Richard, right? I don't want to watch sad news anymore. Right. And then now we're really going to fuck their day up. Cause at the end of this episode, what we're, they're like, they're like, I, yeah. I, I read my comic. I read comics to escape. Like, yeah. you know, Captain America, nah, you know, it's, but whatever, like, but it's, it's, um, it is weird. It's, it's so like, like I said, again, like we're so tied to technology. That's how we like keep track of the world. But we also definitely use that to distract us from the world that we're constantly trying to keep track of. Like it's, we, we human beings just don't make sense, which is weird. Cause like Richard, you, you make them make sense on the page and, and Mark, you always make these wildly real characters, um, you know, pop up and, and bring like a real sense of like agency and, just i don't know man like the the, the one-liners you put in com comics like really really impressed me and and I, to go back again i want to make sure people know about traveling to mars uh because it's uh it's i, I I've, been, I've been a big fan of marks for a while but like traveling to mars is one of my favorite books he's he's putting out lately um this this is a very close second so like i dev i don't want to i want to steal from uh second coming's like thunder uh right because that thunder that thunder's clapping baby it's clapping hard uh but it's uh you're doing really cool shit with traveling to mars and like i said very interesting that you're doing these three kind of messiah books like almost all at the same time uh with, well, thank with, you. with superman and traveling to mars and and second coming like very, very proud of all of them they're all they're you should all be man you're, I, you're i can tell you're working hard and like i said it's as great as your scripts are like i the way richard like animates them and, and brings that all to like another level and puts the puts that real humanness on the, on the page like physically to see is uh, richard not a lot of people can pull that off as well as you do so like really man like kudos to you and like actually putting a face on god and making it make sense because i can't even imagine like the pressure of like, just saying that like hey no easy task richard but i got a job for you well hey, i, I initially it. was inspired by brian cox uh so that was that was there that makes nice. it a little easier nice so. Well, guys, I, I've kept you for almost an hour and a half, and it's been it's been a very a very great pleasure talking to both of you. Uh, Mark, thank you for so much for coming back on the show. Richard, it was so great to have you on. I've been like I said, I've been a big fan of your work. Um, I can't even I can't even keep track of the shit you do because you do so many covers all the time. It's crazy, um, but and the quality is always up here. Like you never you never you never dip off, man. You're 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 killing it. Uh, both of you are. Like honestly, like Mark's got like 18 books out right now or something. Or like you know he's got a lot of books out and they're all good. Like. I, that's that's gnarly to me like you, you you think about like the dream of like writing comics and like stressing about that first one or like writing that first first script or launching a kickstarter or something and then and then you look at like you know some of the some of like the upper tier pros and like all the all the different books they have coming out like every month and, you're, and it's just like how do you guys juggle that and it's and like you also have like families and shit too i hear like it's not just like you alone in the woods with a laptop right you got oh, that's shit very to true and yeah they're 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 very good at like letting me do what i what i need to do so nice it, it i i'm living what i consider to be a, like like a charmed existence and i recommend it yeah I, I've, if, if i woke up tomorrow and someone was like hey you want to be like mark russell for a day i'd be like fuck yeah, I'll, I'll fuck around 
fuck, I'll fuck around yeah. and find out. I will too. be honest. It's not a, it's not a bad gig. I, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoy the the life we've carved out here for ourselves. Hey man, it's, I just like seeing hard work pay off. Like I said, and and uh, I I think you I think you can both say that about your careers, and you both seem like good people. So it's it's good to see like good things happen to good people. I mean, I don't know you guys like super well, so you could be like secret assholes. But you know, from what your 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 public personas are are both very good. Like I appreciate I appreciate them. Um, but this is the 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 part because I am such a polite polite podcast host. This is the part where I just want to go around and remind everybody where to find you. Uh, if you do have like a Substack or a newsletter or something, we can sign up for like like let everybody know so we can know where to follow you. Uh, Richard, let's start with you. What's the best place to find you on social media? Uh, free Instagram, Richard Pace. Um, uh, if you want to support me financially, I have a one dollar a month Patreon, also under Richard Pace. Uh, I try to keep things simple that way. <laughs> Um, yeah. And other than that, I'm primarily at, uh, uh, second coming uh, at Ahoy. Uh, although I have, I guess the last thing is punch. I, I did the free comic book day death dealer comic. Oh, so cool. I got the little sword and sorcery Jones go, uh, out of my system there. Was that, was that, is that May? When is, I feel like they change free comic book day every year. I have no idea. May I need to laugh May 6th. Okay. Nice. Here we go. Yeah. So keep, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep a lookout for that. Very cool. Is your, is your sub stack called setting the pace? I don't have a Substack. It's it's. Patreon. Oh, your Patreon. Sorry, your Patreon. It's just Richard Piss. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. just, if, if you ever wanted to like do a newsletter or something, you can. Yeah, that's yours. Yeah. It's your title yeah. for, for you. I'd probably call it about pace. Oh, that's good too. Let's do it too. Let's do that. Do that. That's that. Yeah. I would. Either way, I would subscribe to it. Um. <laughs> so you know, whatever. Uh, and then, uh, Mark, uh, where where's a good place to find you, bud? Uh, I'm on Twitter f for the moment and Instagram, both at Manrus, M-A-N-R-U-S-S. And also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, go to Kickstarter and look up bunk bed mishaps so you can sign up for the updates for my my cartoon book. So that's next month in March? Or April? Uh, April 1st is when the Kickstarter goes live. So right now I'm just doing the pre-launch. So go on and click on the link and for bunk bed mishaps and you'll you'll get updated when it goes live going live on april fool's day i like it i like it that you're gonna have a big week so you got the first will be uh the, the first will be your your first kickstarter and then uh the fifth is going to be as we've talked about second coming trinity the third arc of the hotly anticipated uh ahoy comic which uh i can tell you i got to read it and it is they you know as they said they're like they're hitting a new stride and the stride is good like it's i very much enjoyed that premiere guys and and i wish you nothing but success on on the following issues i, I have no doubt that you guys are going to kill this new arc it just feels it feels good and i'm i'm real i'm real pumped for it and, and ahoy is too i think I, I feel like they're based on the emails i've got from them they seem really excited so that's very cool great well thank you so much blake thanks for having us buzz buzz babies did you know blake's buzz has a patreon if you want to support the show you can sign up for just three bucks a month you can go to patreon.com slash blake's buzz and sign up to be a builder bee with your help i'm able to keep the mics hot and the lights on to all the current builder bees i want you to know that i appreciate you all so much thanks for helping to make the buzz bigger better and louder i'll see y'all on the internets babies